Here's one for you. Was chatting away to Fionn this morning while I was trying to get him dressed. Fionn being my six-year-old son. Mornings in my house are a bit mad. You know, everyone has to get up. Everyone has to get dressed. Everyone has to get their breakfast. Your uniform's on. Off into the car. Way to school. All that jazz. It's a bit hectic like most families in the morning. But anyway, Fionn goes to me. Dad, can we read this? Can you read me this book? And I'm like, no chance, lad. We're in the middle of, you know, going out the door. I can't be reading your book. And you could see it in his... You could see it in his soul that, you know, he, he just, uh, you could see it in his body language, his, 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 whole, his whole stance just kind of slumped. It's as though somebody opened the valve in his back and let out a load of air. He, he, he became deflated. I was like, sorry, Bob, uh, what, what book is it? Because, you know, he has a hundred books in the house. And he, I was asked, you know, don't worry, it's, it's just this one, whatever. And it was a story about the birth of the baby Jesus okay so I'm not remotely religious um either as ourself we would have uh I don't know there'd be a certain amount of atheism or agnosticism in, in the house that you know we don't it's a weird one I mean we don't have a, a crucifix on the wall without Jesus as a sign that we're anti-Christianity do you know what kind of way like there's, there's no like when you walk into a religious person's home you kind of know you're in a religious person's home but when you walk into somebody who doesn't believe in all that kind of stuff there's no there's no flag there's no you know atheism crest on the wall so although it is a somewhat an atheistic household there's nothing to say that it is and my kids are growing up with that and it's, it's, it's been a bit weird. It's been a bit weird. It's grand when it was just myself and herself. And it was grand when we had small kids who, you know, didn't really know or care or weren't being exposed to religious stories in schools. Now, we knew before we enrolled our son in the school that we was in that it was a Catholic school. He was going to have a Catholic upbringing, blah, blah, blah. Now, we explained to them that he's not a Catholic. He's not a member of that organisation, nor will he ever be, unless he decides to do so himself when he's, you know, old enough to make that decision. But we would have explained that he won't be making his confirmation, he won't be making his communion, we don't mind him being involved in all of everything, but treat him basically like a Muslim kid or a Jewish kid or whatever from a different country. You know, he's there, he can be part of it, he can sing the songs, he can read the books, he can... He can embrace it all, but, you know, we're not conscripting him into the Holy Roman Catholic apostolic bullshit brigade. But anyway, enough church bashing for the minute. In our house at the minute, what we do have is the elf on the shelf, if you're familiar with that dude. He's this little elf that um, you buy and he arrives to your house, I think it's the 1st of December. We uh, left him out on the 1st of December. And the idea is that he's essentially a spy for Santi. And it's a cool little game that we play and that is played in households all across Ireland. The idea being that every morning or every evening before myself and herself go to bed, we move him. Okay? And so when the kids wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, where's the elf gone? And the elf is magic and you can't touch him because it'll ruin the magic. And there's a whole backstory, blah, blah, blah. But here's the interesting thing. This morning, Kiva, my two-year-old, I had to think there for a second because she goes on like a 14-year-old, but my two-year-old girl was chatting to this little teddy saying, hi, Elf, we call him Elphus, by the way. Hi, Elphus, you know, morning, Elphus, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's moved, uh, uh, it's all great crap. But we've, we've been threatening the kids with this little thing. Now, threatening, it's not, 
a word I'm particularly comfortable with, but it's an accurate description of how we use him. Elphis is watching. You know, even if Elphis isn't in the room, he can see what you're doing. He'll report back to Santi. He's Santi's eyes and ears in this house. You know, while we're here, when we're here and when we're not here. And if you're not doing your homework and if you're not eating your dinner, you know, Elphis will be reporting back to Santi. And that's not my psychotic home. That's just, it's part of the game. Okay? But it's got me thinking about God. Because that's historically what God was. Mommy and Daddy are heading off to work or whatever else. We're not going to be here to supervise you, but you be on your best behavior because when no one's looking, God can see you. And that was drummed into us as kids. And when I say us, I mean Irish people generally. You learn that shit in school. God is watching when nobody else can see, when you're in the privacy of your own room, Rome, when you're in the privacy of your own room, when you're in the bathroom, when you're behind the shed, when you're at the bottom of the field, when you're downtown, when it's late at night, when it's early in the morning, doesn't matter where, when, how, or whatever. God can see you. And I'm beginning to get the utility of that. It is a threat. And that bit is making me a bit uneasy, even when I said, you know, I threaten my kids with Santi, and I threaten my kids with with Elphus. Like, it's, it's kind of weird, but there's a... I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. There's there's a there's a weirdness to it. There's a weirdness to threatening your kids. There's a weirdness to being comfortable with threatening your kids. It's not a threat, really. But then again, by definition, that's fucking exactly what it is. So I don't know. I'm I'm torn a bit about it. But getting back to Fionn asking me to read the story, it was only a couple of pages, and I I flew through it with him, and he was delighted because, as I said, when I said we didn't at the time, he just I don't know. Now don't get me wrong. I've no problem saying no to him. Okay, I could just as easily have went, no lad, get in the car and, you know, kick up the bum and out the door. But there was something about this morning, this morning was different. See, this morning I don't think he was having a good morning in his head. Do you know what I mean? Because, look, six-year-olds suffer with the head just as much as 36-year-olds and everything in between before and after. But anyway, I copped that he needed a little bit more attention in this moment. And I gave it to him and I was happy I gave it to him. It was hard for me reading the story about, you know, Jesus and the three wise men and the blah, the blah, the blah, the blah. You know, God told Mary he was going to put a baby, he was going to give her a baby. And then Joseph comes along and he's like, oh, what's all this baby crack? And Mary's like, oh, God gave it to me. You know, Joseph wasn't too pleased about it, but he kind of got on with it. Like, I, I don't know, like when, like the, the, the sentiment of that message has been well lost, well lost. We're just, we're repeating the skeleton of the story. That's all we're doing and it's meaningless and it takes away from the genuineness of biblical stories and other ancient stories that we've been telling for fucking centuries. But anyway, he was happy out and he got into the car and he was off he went. But it reminded me of something I've heard Joe Rogan say years and years ago. If you Google this, you'll find it. If you stick in Joe Rogan documentary team following you or something like that it'll come up the clip will come up but basically what he said was that you should live your life like you've a documentary crew following you and i love that i think that's fucking class because if you did that if you had it in the back of your mind or if you were living your life as though there was a documentary team following you around you know you're not just going to sit there with your head buried in your folds endlessly scrolling through fucking facebook or instagram or whatever it is that you you're preoccupying your mind with 
okay? You're not going to just stand there and stare at the window. You're not just going to walk up to the fridge 40 times after you've eaten a huge big dinner and start picking at the chocolate and eating crisps and just being a mess, okay? You're going to go, fuck, you know, I can't be seen to be doing all these things. And that's what God always was, I think. It was the documentary team that was following you around. It was the elf on the shelf, okay? It was this idea that there's some, you're being watched, Okay. Now, I don't think you are being watched. I don't believe in a God per se. I don't believe in a supernatural being that's, that can see us when nobody else is looking or that is thinking about us or cares what we do say or think. I don't believe in that. Okay. But that doesn't mean that there's not utility in the idea of it. I think there's huge utility in the idea of it. I think having an elf on the shelf or having it in your head that there's a documentary team following you around, I think they that and God generally, I think they're synonyms. I think they're the same fucking thing. And I think that there's major benefit in that. Now, that doesn't mean that it's real, okay? But then again, monsters aren't real. When my kids are scared of monsters... I can't turn around, and, sorry, I can, of course I can, and plenty of people I'm sure do, turn around and say monsters aren't real. But they're real in the kid's head. Okay, now maybe there is, I'm sure there is a time when it's appropriate to say, look, monsters aren't real. But you can't just say that. Because they're real enough. And I think we all have these things in our heads that mightn't really exist, but it doesn't matter. Okay, Somebody tells you, somebody asks, what's wrong with you? And you go, oh, God, I'm, I'm worried. Will I be able to fucking repay the loan on my car or repay the loan in the house? Or, or how am I going to get by? And somebody tells you, look, it'll all work out. There's no real need to worry about all this stuff. Like, that's just piecemeal bullshit. Like, fuck you. That's like telling the kid the monster in his head doesn't exist. It mightn't exist, but it's fucking there. You know, it mightn't be real, but it's affecting me. And there are negative examples of what's real and what's not real. But the positive one is the documentary crew. Okay? The positive one is Elphus. The positive one is God. And the fact that some or all or any of these things isn't real is beside the point. Okay? The utility in it is what's realer than anything. It's, 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 it's hyper real. It's super real. Look at the placebo effect. The placebo effect isn't real. The placebo effect isn't a thing. It, 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 there's nothing tangible about the placebo effect. We can, only, we can only measure its effects. It doesn't exist per se. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have massive utility. Okay, before a drug gets approved, one thing that it has to take into consideration is the effect of the placebo effect. Okay, that's not just happenstance. That's not just a decision that was arbitrarily made by somebody. It's fucking real enough. Okay, God mightn't exist, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a utility in thinking it does. Now, growing up, it was always drummed into us. Oh, God is up there. God is there. God, 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 God. You go to Mass once a week and you pray and you do all this kind of shit. And God is real. God is the most real thing in the world. Blah, 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 blah. And you had to believe it. It was forced on you. It was imposed on you. It was never explained to you. And look, I don't mean to fucking 
talk shit about my upbringing or anybody else's upbringing. It was my upbringing, it was my parents' upbringing, it was their parents' upbringing. This shit is just fucking, is, it's generational. And the bastards that are the Catholic Church have stolen all of this from us. The worst thing that the Catholic Church has done after obviously, you know, pardoning paedophiles and protecting paedophiles and not paying the victims of their paedophiles and, and all that jazz, which again, I'm not going to get into. Another atrocity they've committed is they've stolen God from us. Okay, now again, I don't believe in a God per se, but again, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to work out here is what's the usefulness in it? It's there, I can fucking see it and I can see it in the eyes of my kids. My kids are being little shits and I go, oh, Elphys is watching and they go, you can see the fucking cogs turning in their head. Fuck. Shit, I'm not getting away with anything because that's the thing. That's the key thing that I'm trying to convey. You don't get away with anything. Ever. Okay? You might lie and cheat yourself and con yourself and other people but you don't get away with it. This shit always comes back to haunt you. Always. It's as if there is some but somebody looking. It's as if there is somebody taking account of all the good things you do and all the bad things you do and there's a big giant fucking scales on the end of it and one way or the other, that's the type of death that you're going to have, okay? You're, the type of death that you have could very well be determined by the type of life that you live and I, for one, when I'm on my deathbed, I want to be able to go, <sighs> and breathe my last breath with a sigh of relief a sigh of, I did well, I, I did good. I left this planet in a better state than when I was brought into it. That I've made something of myself, that I've done something with my life. And that doesn't need to be borne out in a big house and a flash car and a big ba- balance and an inheritance for my kids or, or any of that fucking supersti- or not superstitious, superficial nonsense. None of that matters, okay? What matters is the peace that you can find between your ears. Okay, and if you can find peace between your ears, then there's half a chance that the people around you might some might some fi- might find some peace of their own. And on that note, I may or may not chat to you tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs>